Yeah, we're staying here. All the kids are staying in the service today. So it's going to be a special service, all right? It's going to be fun. All right. So today, we are, our second lesson is going to be from Exodus 20, verses 16 through 17. These are t- two small little verses that are going to s- complete the Ten Commandments. Now, I want us to think about how these two s- verses may seem small, but they have implications that go very far. Now, let us listen for the word of the Lord. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. So in college, me and my friends for fun around the dinner table would make up these fake arguments. We would do things like, which came first, the fork or the spoon, the pancake or the waffle, and my personal favorite, if Santa Claus reindeer all got sick one day, who would be the substitute animal, the polar bear or the penguin? So we would do these little silly arguments because we had nothing else better to do. But what we didn't know what we were doing was practicing an ancient philosophy technique. It's called rhetoric. Rhetoric is something where truth doesn't matter as long as you have a good argument. These philosophers would practice rhetoric by creating arguments and then would randomly choose a side whether they believed that side or not. And then they would sit there and argue and try to convince the crowd that they were right. Now, that same thing called rhetoric has made its way to us today. And in our world, it's hard to know if truth means anything at all. Truth, for some, is not important as long as their agendas prosper. This has spilled into our media, and our media is everywhere, and so readily available to us. Our world is a place where we're able to see everyone's happy lives. It's on the internet, and we are able to put whatever we want on Facebook, on Instagram, and other social medias as well. And it's because we have the power to do that. But still, It's almost impossible not to see someone else's, quote, dream life on the internet. It's almost impossible not to be tempted by envy. Which is why I'm thankful for these verses that we have here today. It shows us that God is a God of ethics and that the truth matters. It also shows that how we treat and view one another is important to how we view God. Now, before we get started today, I want to nail down some of the language and verbs we have in our text. So, a false witness. A false witness isn't someone who just lies, but it's an intentional lie. False witness is a term that's dealing with a judicial legal system, like in a courtroom. And a false witness is someone who deliberately gives a false testimony. Now, people give false testimonies for a multitude of reasons. 
Some may want to get back at somebody else for they, how they've wronged them. Or some may feel like the justice system won't do them justice. Either way, they are telling a lie. They are forsaking the truth. People lie because they want control. They want security. They want the power. They want to be like God. Similar issues happen when we talk about coveting. We, here we have a list of things Moses lists out for us, like you shall not covet your neighbor's household, wife, spouse, male or female slaves, livestock, anything that belongs to your neighbor. Coveting is not the actual act of stealing something. It's something much deeper than that. It's a yearning to possess or to have. It's a desire or an ability to take pleasure in something that is not yours. When we want to desire something, it is not, our, it is not ours. We become obsessive. We linger and think about the fancy car, the house, the lifestyle, or someone else's spouse. We then fantasize and idolize people or objects and forget about what God has done in our own lives. We lose our gratitude, which the Sabbath has given us. We grow in envy. We lose our focus toward God and how God is working in our own lives. Now, we become more focused on things or people that we forget our neighbors. We make false idols. Through our envy, we begin to worship these idols. But like any false idol, we will always want more. Idols are hollow things. Things that will never bring fulfillment to our lives. And when we are motivated by envy, it creates more problems. These idols that, we've, that we have here, created by envy, are done in our minds. So these idols that we have made, we know everything in our hearts and desires that we could ever want. But in all actuality, those desires and fantasies cannot be reached. Because they are not reality. That is what envy does. Now, these commandments we have before us today are different from the others that we've had previously. Because these specifically mention not to do them to your neighbor. Here we have commandments that tell us not to act against those who are in our community who we live with, who we work with, who we go to church with, and who we see when we leave church. These commandments show us how we are treating our neighbors is a reflection on our relationship with God. Both of these commandments circle back to the beginning of the Ten Commandments. 
You shall not make false idols. When we bear false witness, we decide to take the truth into our own hands at the expense of our neighbor. We try and take control and inherently place ourselves above the truth, above our neighbor, and above God. When we covet, we create envy, which can go under the radar For it's in our own minds, so no one will ever know about it, right? Or so we might think. When we worship those items, we make more false idols. When we build up our obsessions, they eventually have to go somewhere. When we covet, we build bridges towards the commandments we have already talked about concerning murder, adultery, and theft. These commandments help us stay together as a community. These commandments help us love one another better. And these commandments are not mystical by any means, for they are very practical in every sense. By following the first commandment, we do not worship false idols. And by not taking God's name in vain, we are an unable to invoke our own truth above God's. If we remember the Sabbath and honor our parents, we are able to see the goodness which God has brought into our lives. It reminds us that our community is to show us goodness. Murder, adultery, and theft break down communities. And that is what these last commandments help us understand. They show us how we act towards one another is a reflection on our relationship with God. If we find brokenness with one another, we may need to ask ourselves something. How are we worshiping God? How is our relationship with God? We may think that these relationships with God and with our community are not connected because it's a little too inconvenient for us. We may think we're just really good at worshiping God, you know? We show up to worship. We know how to pray. We know all the words to our liturgy. But the people in our community, they kind of annoy me. They kind of annoy us. But my question there to that situation is that are we really worshiping if we do not love our community and do not love our neighbors? Or we might be great at loving our community, but God, eh, it takes too much effort to go to worship or to pray. There's too many words in that song. It may be too scary to know that God knows everything about us. So we choose to ignore God. We might think that we have fulfillment in other places. And that fulfillment will last us forever. So we don't need God. But as we've seen in our conversation today, false idols do not bring everlasting fulfillment. Only God does. 
So we must ask God to help us mend those relationships that we have so that we may live in our community which God has ordained as holy and good. The Ten Commandments were not given to us so that we may be tied down to strict rules. The Ten Commandments were given to us so that we may be set free and to love God and to love our community with all of our hearts. Let us pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to worship you and to love each other. Let us take these commandments that you have proclaimed to us through Moses and let, the, let us live them out in our communities. Let us live them out as we worship you. So that we may bring healing to a hurting world, a hurting city, and a hurting community. God, let us realize our commitment to each other and to you. God, we love you and we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.